in the second part of this new series that we've jumped in called Repeat, where we are looking at the, some passages of Scripture that are originate in the Old Testament and get repeated in the New Testament multiple times, where these get repeated over and over and over again. And last week, we, we looked at the fact that we're to love God and keep Him first. Love God with all of our heart, with all of our soul, and all, with all of our strength. And so and today, we're going to look at another passage that's repeated. Because if you've got your paper notes open, obviously, sorry that the app is not doing what it's supposed to do. But you can follow along on the screen. God wants life for us. He wants life. Jesus came that we may have life and we may have it more abundantly. Everything God is speaking to us, the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives is pointing us to life. And he has designed us and knows that we learn best by repetition. The, true, <clears throat> the, <clears throat> the truths that God repeats are very good indicators of those things that are most life-giving for us. Sometimes it can seem like they're harping. Sometimes it looks like these things just get repeated on. But if God is repeating something over and over and over again, it's because it's life-giving for us. It's because, hey, don't forget this. I'm going to say this again. And I'm going to say this again. And I'm going to say this again. In fact, you'll look through, all, through the New Testament Jesus uh, uh, teachings. Often he says, again, I say unto you. And then he'll say something. And then later on, he'll say, again, I say unto you. Why? Because we are earthen vessels. We leak. We're just leaky. We need to have it put in us over and over again. And I'm, of course, having a bunch of kids. We, we deal with this all the time. But it's funny having an, an, an infant, a little one. Now, she's now become a toddler, 20 months old. And um, telling the fun, but you re, it's a re, reminder of how much we learn by repetition. You know, it's pretty easy for us to grab a fork and stick it in our mouths. But it's humorous to see a little kid for the first time get it and just stare at it. And that it takes all the concentration they have. And they got the little spoon and they make them rubber on purpose. We don't give them the, the pointy ones, the metal ones first, because they do this. Or this. Or finally they get it on their cheek. And then it's funny watching them chase it. And it's like, I can smell it. It is right there. But then they stay with it. And they don't win the first time. They miss. And then they get it. And the next time they get one or two in their mouth. They get a little closer. And then they finally stick it in their mouth. And then pretty soon, you know, we don't even. How many of us put any thought into what we're doing with our fork? Some of us need to put a little more thought into what we're doing. <laughs> but we do it without thinking. We hold conversations. We text. We do it. It's just over here. It's operating. It's cutting. It's poking, stabbing, scooping our stuff up. It's doing all sorts of what are technically complex movements. And we do it without thinking about it at all. Because we've repeated it over and over and over again. We're wired this way. And so that's why some of the basic truths that we'll go over again and again. I said it last week that you're going to hear about that Celebration Church is about knowing God better and trusting Him more. You're going to hear it over and over again. Why? 
Because that's the life of faith. That's growing in a life of faith. That's developing. You know God, and then you begin to know Him a little bit better. And then you begin to know Him a little bit better. And then you begin to know Him a little bit better. And that should result in you trusting Him more. You're like, okay, God, I, I take your word on this. And now, okay, God, you're, you're awesome, and I'm going to take your word on this. And that's what this developing life of faith is about. And today we're going to look at another place that God has brought life. In fact, this scripture gets repeated seven times in exact, in its exact uh, quote, seven different times in the New Testament. In some form or another, it gets repeated. It gets repeated way many more times than that. In, in paraphrase and reference and all those different things. But Leviticus 19.18. Anybody that's a great Bible reader, you everybody just loves Leviticus. Cruising through, reading your Bible all the way through. I'm going to read Genesis. Woo, lots of stories. Exodus, lots of stories. All of a sudden now, we eventually find our way into Leviticus. And you want to make it as skippicus. You just go, I'm done with that one. I'm, peace out. But uh, right there in Leviticus 19.18. says, do not seek revenge or bear a grudge against anyone among your people. But love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. Don't seek revenge. Don't bear grudge. But love your neighbor as yourself. Love your neighbor as yourself. We get repeated four times to love God. We get repeated exactly seven times to love each other. I think it's because it's going to be harder. We got to be reminded of that one a little more. I had already written my notes, already had it just almost done. In fact, I was almost submitted them and decided I would wait whenever my family. We went to go and pick up the donuts this week in San Antonio. We had the Krispy Kreme donuts. Thank you all for buying those and, and uh, eating some tasty treats to help our, our young people. And, um, but while we were there, man, I got a major challenge on this scripture. I mean, major and I went to Six Flags, had some fun, did this, the water park there as a family, have season passes, so we're enjoying that while the, we're going to go pick up the donuts. The girls decided they were done with Six Flags, and I said, hey, well, why don't y'all go over to La Contera, go to the mall, just right here. Me and the boys will ride roller coasters, come get us at 9, we're supposed to pick up the donuts at 10, and we'll head back to Angelo. And uh, so, 9 o'clock rolls around. And I get a call from my sweetheart that says our van has been broke into and that my computer is gone and, and three iPads are gone and the iPod's gone and just all this stuff is, is stolen. And uh, man, I tell you what, well, you know what wants to kick in real fast? Seek revenge! Oh my gosh, it just immediately immediately you get mine and begin to think about what you would do had you been there and caught them in the act. And you know what? It is not what would Jesus do moments. I don't feel myself getting all nice and sweet Jesus on them. I envision in my mind me kicking the door on the backs of their legs as they're leaning over. Them crumpling to the ground, writhing in pain. Looking around and getting them go, pow! Cheap shot. I'm like, why is this my internal response? I wasn't there, but you begin to imagine it. Oh, if I'd have just walked up when they were doing that, I'd just, 
Oh, you just get so angry. Oh, you get so mad. But all of a sudden, I, I, just, I just sensed this, that, the, that there was something else that the enemy was trying to steal. And it was I, what was going to be our response. We're, in it, we're there as a family. These things are just not, everybody's impacted by this. Weston's, Lulu's iPod's gone, Weston's iPad's gone, Brooklyn's bag is gone. Everybody's impacted by this. Cutie's iPad's gone, my stuff's gone. Everybody's impacted by this. And that immediately this, oh, this hate begins to just well up for this person I don't even know. I said, you know what? This had to be the Holy Ghost. It had to be God. And I just began to write, I said, you know what? The enemy tried to steal from us, but we're going we're gonna to pray it's steal from the enemy. Because there's a person at work that's living a life that's not godly. I guarantee you this isn't the only bad decision they've made. I guarantee you that this is the work of a professional according to the police stuff. And so we just began to pray for that, that people or persons. Say, God, Lord, we just ask you to send people across their paths. We just begin to pray that they would come to know you. We pray that they would have a life-changing experience with you. God, use this. Use this. Lord, maybe nobody else in their family prays for them. Lord, you know their names and we're going to pray for them. And begin to rise up. You know what? And it felt pretty good on Sunday. Load up. Drive back to San Angelo. I wasn't mad a bit. Pray and believe in God for these people. For and of course, we may never see them, never hear, never know, not till heaven. But man, Monday morning I woke up and I went to go read my Bible on my iPad. Sorry, Friday morning, not Monday. Monday hadn't happened yet. And um, Friday morning happens, and I go to, and I'm just mad all over again. And all of a sudden, now I'm wanting to slam the door on them again. And wanted to do all sorts of mean stuff. Somebody, I'm, I'm wanting to get saved and be a brother in Christ. And now I want to beat them up again. I'm like, Lord, help me here. This gets repeated because it's hard. It's hard. Our natural, carnal self-preservation, somebody wounds us, somebody talks bad about us, or somebody, we, even worse, somebody we love, I mean, it was rough having my stuff stolen, but my kids' stuff stolen? And man, all of a sudden, all this begins to well up and things that don't reflect the kingdom of God begin to try to come out of this guy that's supposed to lead us to know God better and to trust Him more. It's because it is tough and this gets repeated because this is where the rubber meets the road. This is what differentiates us from everybody else on the planet. Oh, says even pagans can love those who love them. What makes us different is the love of God shed abroad our heart and us loving those that hate us and spitefully use us. Those that talk bad about us and rob us and do all those different things. That's what makes the difference. The first John 3.11 says, This is the message you've heard from the beginning. From the very beginning. This isn't new stuff. That we should love one another. John 15.12, we have Jesus taking this to this whole crazy level. My commandment is this, love each other as I have loved you. As I have loved you. That Lord, you know, I tally this up and it really when it's all said and done, would I really be out, rather be out the $3,000 worth of stuff and see this person come into the kingdom 
Or would I rather have my stuff? Yikes. I hope my heart stays in that place that I would rather lose the stuff and see that guy come to know God. Come to know God. Because see, the truth is, is we love God by loving those whom He loved. That's how we love Him best. That's that connection. Is that maybe in the natural, I don't care about that person right now. But I know God loves them. He does. He does. And so I'm going to choose to love them too. My wife wooed me and, and, and won my heart without any problems whatsoever. But man, she sealed the deal with this. It was done. And um, I have always loved Mustangs and always liked them. And my wife knew nothing about classic Mustangs. And she, but she found out it was a passion of mine. So she got my younger sister, Heather, to school her on Mustangs. So they drove around Odessa and looked at classic Mustangs. And my sister, because of hearing me endlessly talk about them, had been gain, gained some knowledge. And she could tell the difference between a 65 and a 66 and a 67 and a 68. She could look at them and know, okay, that's what this is and that's what this is. And she taught Cutie. Cutie went to school to learn about the difference of this. And didn't tell me any of this. She's just getting it. She comes to Angelo and we're going to go to a concert at ASU. We're driving through a residential area and we're in the truck and uh, we pass a Mustang. And of course, I'm having a conversation. I'm not, I didn't turn my attention towards it or anything, but I knew what year it was. I, 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 I saw it. I knew what it was. It was a nice car. And so we're having a conversation, and just in the middle of it, she drops. That was a 66. Oh. Mom! This is the one for me, God! Yes! I'm telling you, it was done there. I don't know if she could know, tell what a, between the 66 and the 67 right now or not. She probably doesn't. But man, I tell you what, she knew when, the, when it mattered. And that she cared about what I cared about. That spoke so much to me. I know she didn't care that she took the time to learn about something that didn't interest her at all just because it was important to me. See, we love God by loving those He loves. Matthew 19, 18, 19 says, Which ones? We're talking about the requirements of the law. This guy wants to know. Which ones? He inquired. And Jesus replied, You shall not murder. You know, shall, don't commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony. Honor your father, father and mother and... Love your neighbor as yourself. These are the, some of the core things that we should be doing. I think most of us agree with these. We're loving our neighbor. Loving our neighbor. Mark 12 says, The most important one, answered Jesus, is this. Hear, O Israel, the, <clears throat> the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. We talked about that last week. And the second is this, love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. There's nothing. There's nothing bigger than this, than to love those that God places in our lives. Nothing bigger than that. And sometimes that's hard, but we have to have our Heavenly Father's perspective on people's lives. Well, I'm going and doing some stuff in the office that doesn't take a whole lot of brain power i listened to some some of my favorite ministers on mondays and i was listening to a message by rick Bazette um, from uh, conway arkansas 
and he was teaching in a church in Birmingham, Alabama. And uh, Rick Bazette, when we were traveling, he, uh, we made an appointment with him and he offered us 20 minutes of his time and ended up giving us an hour and a half. I mean, he just poured into us. He was excited about what we were doing. And, and um, whether you know it or not, he played some significant role in just in encouraging us that eventually led to Celebration Church. And, and um, he's, he's preaching and he shares this, this story and so puts it in perspective. And I've never used another preacher to, to preach something for me, but I'm going to do it now. I think. It, it changes the way you breathe and move and live and have your being when you see the value of a soul. My daughter, she's a strong-willed girl. The strongest-willed girl ever. <laughs> raise your hand if you're strong-willed. You, the strong-willed people are not going to raise their hand. Because yeah. they don't want to. Well, my daughter, when she was four, she saw a Hallmark movie of a 13-year-old girl who ran away from home. And she thought, this would be a cool idea. I want to try it. But she was only four. So she thought, I don't want to wait till I'm 13. I want to do it right now. But I can't. My parents are always paying attention where I am. I need to do it when they're sleeping. This is when they're vulnerable. She's concocting this. But I like people. I don't want to go alone. I'm going to get my two-year-old brother to go with me. So she sells him on the plan. In the middle of the night, she woke up. Not by alarm clock. Her will woke her up. She just woke up. It's time. And she goes in. She walks in. And she wakes her brother up. And she goes, hey, I got your, your diapers packed in the wagon. We're ready to go. Let's run away. He said, I'm too little. I don't want to go. I want to sleep. She said, whatever. And uh, she left him there, grabbed the wagon, walked down. We lived in a cul-de-sac. She walked out of our house. Michelle and I are sleeping. Down the end of the road, took a right, another right, a left, all the way out to a four-lane highway, and another half mile, a total of a mile from our home. Michelle and I are sleeping. Four-lane highway. Cars. A lady saw her, pulled over and said, young lady, what are you doing? She said, I'm running away from home. It is fun. She said, you need to get in the car. I'm going to take you home. Oh, no, ma'am. I'm not allowed to ride in the car with strangers. Your family is messed up. You can walk down the road with a wagon, but you can't ride with me. So she can't, somehow, she convinces my daughter to turn the wagon around and walk back. So this lady's in this car following my daughter. They described to me later that she was throwing out diapers, mad at her brother, eating Skittles and playing with her dolls that are in the wagon. And this lady's just waiting patiently. Finally, there's a knock on the door in the middle of the night. I said, Michelle, did you hear that? She goes, no. So well, maybe it wasn't anything. No, no. She goes, somebody's at the door. Go see who it is. So I went down. <laughs> Shell followed. We opened the door and there was this lady there who I'd never seen and my daughter who was upstairs sleeping. <laughs> and, and they told me what you now know. I just couldn't even breathe. I'm looking at my wife and I'm trying to figure out if this is a dream. I went over to think this lady. I tried to give her stuff. My wallet and cars. All the grass. <laughs> I was just thinking her. So after that was done, I brought my daughter in. We just closed the door and just stared at my daughter. Just stared at her. 
If she would not have returned, here's the facts. And this relates to the Great Commission. If she would have not returned, I would still be living in that cul-de-sac in Zachary, Louisiana. Every time the phone would ring, I'd be running to it as fast as I could. I would pick my friends based on who was helping me find my daughter. And there you have the church. Church of the Highlands, God is proud of you. Because you keep looking for little girls and little boys that have ran away from home. And you're willing to do whatever it takes, no matter how long it takes, to get them back. Yeah. That's the heart of God. Folks, that's, that's why we have to love people. That's why we have to. Because in the eyes of God, that person that drives you up the wall, that person that stole from you, talks bad about you, in the eyes of God, they're a little boy or a little girl that's wandered away from God. See, as parents, they'd done nothing wrong. They'd not made her, made her mad. They'd not abused her. She's not trying to get out of a desperate situation. She's had a, a bad view of the world. She just thought it'd be fun. She just thought this would be interesting to go out and do and ends up putting herself in a place she never should have been. How many people, is that their story? They just didn't embrace God's view of the world and then bought a lie. Bought something that media or whatnot was selling and said, this looks fun, I can go out and do this and end up in a place and in more peril than they ever dreamed that they were actually in. This is why we have to love each other. We don't know the external circumstances. We don't know what's happening. But God does, and God loves them. He loves them. He knows everything, and He loves them. So us with limited knowledge, let's just default to God's position on it. Let's just say, you know what? I don't have the whole story. God's chosen to love you, so I'm just going to do it too. Let's just default to His position. Let's just choose His way. Because see, the truth is, is loving others is one of the most life-giving things that we can do. Luke 10 says, On one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he said, what must I do to inherit eternal life? I want this life that just never ends. What's written in the law? Jesus replied, how do you read it? He answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. There it is. And Jesus answered, said, you have answered correctly. Do this and you will live. Do this and you will bring life into your life. That's where the life is. Loving God and loving others are the most life-giving things that we can possibly do. James reiterates it and says, If you really keep the royal law found in the Scripture, love your neighbor as yourself, you're doing right. You're doing the things from heaven's perspective that are right. And everything that God says is right is life-giving for us. It just is. Everything, everything that's right comes together when we begin to love others. It just does. The things just begin to line up. 
They just begin to line up. When we begin to love others, we begin to make every every beauty contestant's dream come true. We begin to see world peace and, and all of these beautiful things begin to happen when we really begin to love each other. Matthew 22 says, Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. And this is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. How is loving your neighbor like loving God? Well, they both say love. No, it goes beyond that. Just like my wife caring about Mustangs was like her caring about me. Because it was important to me. Us loving each other is like loving God because He loves that person too. You're on the same plan. You're in the same heartbeat as God Himself when we begin to really care about each other. And I know it's hard. I know it's hard. But that's why we've got to step in and allow God's work to work in our lives. Galatians 5 says, You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. This is a freedom thing. This isn't a weight thing. You better love others or you're going to get a whooping from God. That's not what this is. We're called to be free, but we have the freedom to love. But don't use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. Our freedom is so that we can love. So that we can do it without having to be afraid or concerned or or worried. The responsibility and the ramifications, they're, they're not weighing on us. It's in God's court. We can just love. We can just go and love. For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one commandment. Love your neighbor as yourself. If you bite and devour one another, watch out or you will be destroyed by each other. So I say, and this is the key, walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. It's going to take the Holy Spirit alive and it's God's heart for others Showing up. I'm telling you, my response to pray for that guy was not Brandon Clark. Brandon Clark wanted to slam the door. But the Holy Spirit rose up and said, no, you need to set this tone for your family. You can't let them be victims. You can't let them get angry. You can't let them do these other things. We're going to change the tone of this and we're going to begin to pour out love. That is what we're going to do. Because when it comes down to it, there is this place. And Paul is real, real careful when he uses some word like debt that has this kind of connotation of obligation. But there is this place that there's been so much love poured out on us that there is this place that if there's a debt we owe, it's a debt of love. It's just to care. And so Romans 13, Paul says, Let no debt remain outstanding except the continuing debt to love one another. For whoever loves others has fulfilled the law. The commandments you shall not <clears throat> commit uh, adultery or murder, do not steal, do not covet, for, what, for whatever other commandments there may be are summed up in one command. Love your neighbor and yourself. Love does no harm to its neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the entire law. We just love. Everything else gets covered. Just love. 1 John 4.19, we love. Why? Why is there this debt thing? Why is it we just, should we just operate in this and recognize we just need to do it? It's not like a little extra. It, this is where we should be. We love folks because he first loved us. See, just like highway signs get repeated every few miles to keep us moving forward, there are these 
truths to get reminded over and over and over again to keep us moving forward. We can't say, you know what, I loved somebody else once. Oh yeah, I remember I I was pretty forgiving one time. I've loved others before. No, we just keep doing it. And we just keep doing it. And we just keep doing it. He's repeated this to keep life going in our lives. That's what happens here. That's what this is about. And see, the truth is that the only way we even remotely have a shot at this is if we have first embraced the love that God has for us. And I know sometimes it's hard. You're like, I know me. I'm not lovable. Guess what? He loves you anyways. He sees you different. He doesn't see you through the eyes of what you've done in the past. He sees you through what He created you to be, and He loves that. And if you'll embrace that, He'll allow that to become a new creation in you and change everything. So this morning, I want to create a quiet moment. And if you're here, and you're like, Brandon, I need this. I need this. I'm one of those that's one of those children that just walked away from God. I'm one of those that's never caught it. I've always thought it would just be just no fun to, to live for God. I always thought it was weighty and, and, and just religious. But I see it's about love. I'm ready to embrace that. If that's you, I want you to just raise your hand. 